0: Hey, I'm Paul. And I'm Christian. Welcome to I'm Dying to Tell You, inspiration shared by our mom who is dying from ALS. There's no cure for our mom or anyone else with ALS. But right now, she's on a mission to find and share stories of inspiration. Coming to you from Cincinnati, Ohio, we're happy to introduce the one lady we've both loved since the
1: first day we laid eyes on her, the queen of the queen city, our mom, your host, Lori. you guys. Welcome, welcome. I am Lori, your host of I'm Dying to Tell You. Thank you so much for being here. So do you all have that one person that no matter how you're feeling, if you're having a bad day, if you're in a bad mood, that one person that you can just hear her voice or hear his voice And all of a sudden, your mood shifts and you are full of energy because that person just oozes positive vibes. I know I have that person. I know I have a few of those people, which is really awesome. Well, I came across my guest, Kanya Sesser, and the more I got to know her, the more. I was like, she's one of those people. I follow her on Instagram and I've heard her speak. I've heard, I've seen her in videos. And every time I hear from her, she lifts me up. I was so pumped for this interview and I'm so grateful to be able to share her with you. I know she inspires me. Oh my gosh. And She has such a unique story and such a beautiful outlook. Let me tell you a little bit about her. So, Kanya lives in Texas right now, and she originally was born in Thailand. And she was found on the side of the road at what they estimate to be around three months old. And for the first six years of her life, she had spent time in the hospitals, in the foster care system, until she was adopted by her parents in Portland, Oregon. I'm gonna ask Kanye about her story, but also about what keeps her going, what keeps her so positive. Through all the adversity that she has been through, Kanye is what I refer to as a madass. She can do pretty much anything. She is not leaving anything on the table. She's an athlete, a skater, a surfer, an actress, a stunt woman. She's also a model, a motivational speaker and an activist. I am so happy to catch up with Kanya. So let's do it. Hi. It
0: going?
1: Are you in the car?
0: Yeah, I'm in the car. I, <laughs> uh, I've been so busy. Um, in an hour and a half, I have another gig appointment.
1: So gosh, Aww. Yeah. oh, yeah, bless your heart. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so nice to meet you. Oh, so nice to meet you. <laughs> Welcome to the show and thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited.
0: My pleasure.
1: Yeah, I'm busy, busy and you're on the road and doing interviews. So <laughs> I really appreciate it. So, oh my gosh. Okay, where to start? Where to start? Um I know the background of your story, I know that you were left on the side of the road in Thailand. That's where you were born. And I also know that you recently went back to Thailand and you were able to learn more about your roots. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you learned there during that experience.
0: So the first time I ever went to Thailand was like back in 2017. Mm -hmm. Going out there to just do a speaking gig. Thanks to my mom. She told everybody that took care of me, the nurses, the hospital, people that like knows me ever since I was younger, called and be like, Kanye is going to be in Thailand. And then everybody's like, oh, my goodness, we need to have an extra day for you to uh, go visit the hospital, visit everybody that took care of you and do that. And I'm like, oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) It was really cool that my mom was very compassionate and thoughtful to put her effort of like collecting and connecting with people. So I have the opportunity to kind of go there and see them again because it's been 18 years since I was adopted at the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You were young when you left. So did you remember any of them? Or? I
0: felt like I'd been there before, but I don't remember mm-hmm. like a whole lot. I just... Remember them telling me that, oh, by the way, when you were in the hospital in Sahatai, which is in Popchong, when they found you there, um, they told me that I would be around no pregnant woman or about to get give birth. And uh, they said that I would calm them. I would make sure that the doctor is doing things right. For the mother and I made sure the woman was calm and they're like, yeah, you were like two years old, one years old, and you were like calming and everybody just enjoyed your presence and um mm. just enjoyed your company like before birth it was a cute little thing but I was like I did that <laughs> <laughs> and they showed me where I was found which is behind a mm. sign with an arrow but I was found on the side of the road and um mm. I was across Temple School where. If you want to become a monk, that's where you go to school and you learn your teachings there and all that stuff. But the older gentleman and the woman like heard me crying around dawn and they were trying to discover where that crying was. And they saw me behind that sign. And uh, Mm -hmm. they saw me wrapped up in a blanket naked with, you know, insect bites and road dirt. I was like really dirty, they say. And um, they took me in and they found out that when they opened me, like I have no legs, there was something they felt that would felt very different. And they open it, it's like, Oh, she has no legs. And she was born that way, Mm -hmm. because there's no indication that of any surgery or anything like that. So
1: yeah,
0: a lot of people who Mm. raised me during the time when they found me, loved me, and I was fortunate to Mm. have that blessing by a lot of women. So I was raised by a lot of women nurses, and some male doctors, but most of it was women. And uh, the closest person was like my mother is Mei Chung and Mei Toy. And both of them, they're like sisters, but they both took care of me the mostest and they took care of me like I was their own. Mei Chung was about to um, wanting to adopt me and want to keep me but she was working consistently and she didn't know if she could but she really wanted me as her daughter. But she thinks it was best to give me to a foster home in Bangkok, where I was adopted since then. My parents now in Portland, Oregon. I'm happy that I got the opportunity to be raised good and around good people because not a lot of children have that they, they get in bad foster homes. They everybody's yeah. like, is different. So I'm just saying, like, I'm really happy that was my blessing in life. But also, um, that's why I take life serious, as in, I think it's the best way to live is to live fully and never regret anything.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I think you were just born with that unique spirit. Oh, thank you. you. Because (laughs) I mean, you know, I I feel like that's the way it was supposed to happen. You Mm -hmm. were going to be fueled with, a gift of yeah, such a positive outlook and strong from the very beginning, yeah. and then to be surrounded by loving people and strong women, and I think that was just all played out the way it was supposed. To.
0: I feel like it also depends how you were brought up, who taught you, how did you learn things, how did you, what did you see through your eyes as you were growing up, because it really depends on everyone's different perspective that comes with mm-hmm. how they live their life mm-hmm. and also I don't know anything about my birth parents I don't know why they left me and I don't really care why they left me because i rather have this life than whatever life that could be but we don't know because they gave up but we don't really know and I don't really want to question the whys because sometimes mm-hmm. in life you don't need to discover and need to know the answer like even with me there's times where I feel down and I want something, but I don't get it, or I don't get a certain opportunity and stuff like that, or, or just for some reason, like, I'm like, huh, but at the same time, I try to think about the positive, And I'm like, looking at the positive aspects in life to keep moving forward. The thing I learned in the past is that for me, it's not meant for me. So move on with the next situation and subject in life. Because if you want to go dwelling on the stuff that isn't for you, all you're going to do is not moving forward. You're going to be stuck.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I push against the pool, you know, mm-hmm. um, two quick things before I forget. When you went back to Thailand, did you see the gentleman that found you? Is he still alive or do you know?
0: So when I went back to Thailand, I did meet the boy and the sister that's still alive. I met them and they were really nice. And also their dad was with them, but their dad passed away. So I met the woman and her brother, which is the sister and the brother. And and she was like bawling, crying when I like saw her. I don't speak Thai anymore because I lost it when I was nine. They were saying that, like, she is very proud of you. She wanted to keep you as well. Mm -hmm. I was like, everybody wants to keep me. (laughs) And and she 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 just crying because uh, she felt like, oh, my gosh, if they weren't out there, I could have died. I could have, like, who knows how long I was out there. My caseworker says I was out there no more than a day. But um, usually people that are found disabled, and especially, like, disabled or a woman, in those type of countries, like, in um, Asia, back then, it got better now. But back then, you know, like, people would just kill girls, kill disabled people that, you know, that are in wheelchairs or like don't have legs i mean they don't really have a whole lot of like uh transportation for people or accessibility for people who are different back then now it's getting better Mm -hmm. but um yeah i mean like who knows what could have happened but she cried because she was like wow oh my goodness you're alive you're good you're well you grew up The crazy thing what they told me was that when they saw me they saw at a distance a lady who looks like she's like 18 years old or like young but she was like sitting in one of those like cart where like somebody else has to like drive her like a bicycle but she sits in the back of the cart she doesn't look like she's from the area because people in Pak Chung are country people and they're you know farmers they take rice and they they're very villagers like they're really they're very like a small town villagers country people bangkok is like big city you know the lifestyle there is different she looks like she's from the outskirts of bangkok but we're not for sure Mm -hmm. but the thing is they're not sure but that could be my mother because when she Mm -hmm. saw me she was telling my caseworker in thai that that lady that was out there she looks exactly like her with like, at the uh-huh. time, long, wavy black hair. She was wearing a white blouse shirt with a tan brownish uh, cardigan or, or like, um, I don't know, um, like pants and all that. And then she was wearing some jewelry. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks like she's from a wealthy area. But also, you have to think about this. Is that, hmm, then why did she go to her mom or her own parents of like, uh you know, that she's having a baby? Or like, why is this? Why is that? Well, it's because you have to understand that in different cultures there's different laws and rules and situations that comes to having a kid. It is very forbidden and not good you, if you have kids but you don't but you're not married. It's religious. She might not want to tell her parents that she was pregnant and it's a really strict situation when it comes to Asian parents that you're pregnant without getting married or oh you're pregnant with the guy that we did not give you and so maybe she was going through that and she doesn't want to tell anybody she had her kid and she was living somewhere else with somebody else or her mother says we can't take care of this kid she's different you need to get rid of her somewhere but we don't know the situation a lot of like women they don't know what to do and they're young and they just like leave it on the side or they leave it in front of the doorstep we don't really know but I I feel like what she did was truly the best thing she could have done because uh, usually some babies do not survive. And I was yeah. lucky that I was found. So God, the angels, spirits, um, my spirit guides, they obviously was there and they connected me to those women and men that found me. And here I yeah. am living the best life mm-hmm. ever because I'm pretty sure if I still lived in Thailand, I would not be the Kanya that I am today.
1: Yeah. Do you ever wonder because you are, you know, high profile on social media and with all the things that you've done. Do you ever wonder that maybe she has seen you?
0: Maybe, I don't know, but I feel like if she did see me, she would have like reached out or she wouldn't, who knows? Um yeah. I don't really care if she does yeah. or you know, if she does or doesn't. Uh the only thing is that like In life, it is what it is. And the people that took care of me are the real ones that are my family. It doesn't have to be blood. Family does not have to be blood at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mother, Jane and Dave Sesser, they're my true parents. They're my real parents. If somehow in an odd, weird blue moon, my birth mom reach out to my caseworker somehow or reach out to me and somehow and she wants to talk to me and stuff like that. I wouldn't mind talking to her, but I probably wouldn't allow her in my life as a close family member, just because, Mm. um, you know, I'm not really interested on discovering my whys and why things happen. When that moment in time, when they found me happened, and I had to go through adoption and all that, I feel like ever since I was little, once they found me, I kind of like transition into a new Kanya. Like I transition into a different Kanya where this is my parents. This is the people that raised me. This is the people who are close to me and they love me. And that's all I know.
1: I know that your parents—they mm-hmm. already had two sons, yeah—and one is autistic. Mm-hmm. So that can be a lot, you know, on a family. Yes. So how in the world did they get moved, you know, to come to Thailand and adopt you?
0: So my mom, she found me through whole, uh International Magazine. She really wanted a girl, and she's all like, "You know what? Let's adopt." I even mm-hmm. asked her this: "Why did like how how did it all happen?" She went out to Thailand and she was like looking through foster home.
1: And so your mom got connected with the agency and yes. then
0: my mom got connected to an agency and she she just like saw me and she's like,
1: oh, wow. wow,
0: like I want her not like, oh, wow, I feel sorry. She has no legs. It's uh, uh-huh. wow. I want her because I see a connection and like she's a woman and I feel I feel like there's a big potential in her that I really Mm -hmm. want to have her as my daughter. So she got me and I was just joking when I asked this, but I'm like, Mom, was I half off? And she's like, laughing. She's like, actually, yeah, you were. Oh my gosh. One, I was older than most kids. Usually people who want to adopt kids, they mostly want to adopt babies, like newborns. I was older. So they had to go through a lot of paperwork and situation for me to get adopted just because i was in that older category it was
1: good good news for them just another blessing for them so then all of a sudden you had two older brothers did they help you with the transition when you were moved to portland
0: my brothers did not really want me at all (laughs) like they they were kind of jealous But they got comfortable, more comfortable on it. And I mean, it happens, you know, you have this new person coming in your life and it's not your actual brother, baby sister or, you know, uh, blood related. And uh, as a kid, it could be like frustrating because now this new person is taking over attention (laughs) and Yeah. and yeah, and I'm the youngest out of three. So yeah, it's kind of like hard for them as well. And it's hard for me as well, because I'm like, who are these people? And they're in my new family. And okay, I have two older brothers that apparently does not like me. And, uh, oh, and, and yeah. it, it's uncomfortable on both ends. So I'm the black sheep of the family, meaning I'm different, not just because I don't have legs, but the way my brain process and the way how my lifestyle is, is different than theirs. Ever since I was little, I was very extroverted. One, I don't involve myself in negativity ever since I was little. Even like when I was little, I was stubborn and I was very assertive and I was bossy, like my mom says. And she says that sometimes, you know, that has to come with people, how they took care of me. They gave me anything that I wanted. They gave me gifts. They gave me candy. They gave me presents and stuff. So that bossiness or like that attitude, I changed, obviously, <laughs> since I'm older. Yeah. But um, like there's, there will be people yeah. that stared at me when I was in school. And there was people <laughs> that point at me or laugh. But I was like, that's funny, too. Like I have a good sense of humor to do that. So it's just like kind of like be the bigger person. And I always yeah. had that mentality that I never let evil win and like never let negativity win or let other people try to ruin my aura and ruin my energy ever since I was younger.
1: There are so many heroes in this story and your mom is obviously one of them. Yes, so. my mom
0: is amazing. Yeah, She's funny. Cool. She actually, yeah. when I was in elementary sh- elementary school, she saw that it was hard for me to go all the way up the hill to the playground, because it had bark dust. And it's hard to push my chair through the bark dust and play with other kids. So she's like, you know what, I'm going to raise money to build a playground that is level ground for other people like my daughter to play with everybody else who are in wheelchairs or just to play for everybody in general. And that was really amazing and nice of her to bring that awareness out there. That was like, oh my gosh, that's so freaking amazing. Like, yeah. Like, oh my goodness, that's so cool. But yeah. she did have to go to school to learn how to take care of somebody like me because one, it's really stressful when you have a son with autism. Plus, you mm-hmm. have somebody like she knows I'm very capable, but you know, there's other things as growing up that she doesn't know about at the time, wheelchair and connections of how to do certain things and stuff. So she's a freaking wonder woman to go out there, out of her way to learn how to be a mother to mm-hmm. disabled kids. And so that's what yeah. she did. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you did a lot for me. And I yo, I owe her a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're giving it back, mm-hmm. you know, to her. Because that's all you want as a parent is to see your son or daughter do well, appreciate life, Mm -hmm. be kind to others.
0: Yeah. And
1: you're doing all that. So, okay. You have so many identities. (laughs) Yes. You're a professional athlete, a model. Oh, my gosh. So tell me about what is at the forefront of your life right now as far as your... activities. (laughs)
0: Oh my goodness. Yes. You know, life is amazing. And that's why I want to live every single day of my life, like without regrets. And like, that's why I don't think about why I just do it. I just do it. And I just like, go for it. Again. A lot of my talks is about skateboarding and how I went to the Paralympics Well, I was in the Paralympics and I was going to go to London, but I was 30 seconds off to make it. Um, But I won other gold medals in the 100, 200, 400, 800 meters in track, wheelchair track, which is kind of like based off like people that also runs. But instead of running, you're in a wheelchair, like a racing chair for the Junior Olympics for the World Cups in Switzerland and um, other places that I have succeeded in gold for. Those were my glory days back then. But I have new glory days now where um, and also I surfed. Um, I still surf, but Now that I'm in Texas, it's kind of hard to surf, but uh, I will be moving back to California again one day so I can surf again. Uh, Yeah, skateboarding is like a lifestyle for me. Skateboarding makes me feel free. I'm not trapped in a wheelchair and it makes me like, I can do anything I want with a skateboard and it just defines my lifestyle to a T. And the other thing is I also do, you know, stunts. I was a zombie for The Walking Dead. I was a zombie for Fear of the Walking Dead. And I was a stunt for Code Black. So I like to Mm. different activities and things that I love doing and kind of discover my life to have options, which is I had an opportunity to be a main star and actress for one of the Hawaii Five-0 episode. And I was playing a character named Rosie Valera, who lost her legs during a combat. She lost her legs. But the thing is, I never lost my legs. It was kind of hard playing that part because this character was very sad. She's a drunkie. She's an alcoholic. She's now homeless because her mom kicked her out. And so I had to kind of talk to my friends who actually lost their legs and more and kind of like ask them about what it was feel like. But I got it and it was really fun. And I got to surf in it because the character was uh-huh. a surfer championship. And so but now that she lost her legs, she feels like everything is like gone and everything is just like not good anymore. And she wants to give up. And oh. it was really like touching. I think that storyline during that episode was a lot about like never give up. Um mm-hmm. and you can find yourself back again. And 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 I'm like, oh my God, I'm a, I'm an actress. I'm I'm doing this part. And it was my first time like rehearsing and doing this part. So I was like, yes. And I enjoyed it and I enjoyed the casting and I enjoyed the casting crew and I was just like, This is so amazing. So after all that, and then they uh saw me at the Venice Beach skate park skating and Young and Reckless and people that film for Young and Reckless and all that, they wanted to do a segment about me. And they did a segment with me and my friends that were in it, and it was like a short video, and it was really touching and beautiful. Mm. It was really amazing and um It's about connection. And when things are right for you and when things are meant for you, it just comes to you. I feel like that's what happened when I was living in Venice Beach at the time. That's how I also met Todd Ray. He owns Freak Show on Venice Beach. At first, I was very skeptical because he he saw me. He's like, hey, hey, come here. And I was like, "Okay, oh, my gosh, what's going on? And I saw them on AMC before when I was in high school, but I didn't really watch too much of them. But he was like, Hey, I want you to possibly work here and maybe we can talk and chat. And I was just like, freak show. I don't see myself working on <laughs> yeah. a freak show. But then it was like something that I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna give people a chance, I'm gonna like be open-minded. So I went into the stand, I was just like, oh my goodness, this is interesting. And it got kind of like uncomfortable at the moment, but then I got comfortable after I got to know all the cast that worked at the freak show. And I was just like, oh my goodness, everybody here does sword swallowing, fire eater, glass blower, the, the <laughs> two headed turtles, smallest world in America, like smallest couple in America, smallest man in America. And I'm just like, everybody here is differently unique. And freak means mm-hmm. unique. And I was just like, oh, it makes sense. So uh, I opened my mind a little bit and kind of be like, okay, I'm going to join in. And ever since then, Todd Ray has been an amazing person to work with at the time and he made sure everybody was taken care of because he has the heart to make sure everybody were treated right and like yeah. and it was really cool so ever since then I started getting like jobs of like many other things because they see me not just with freak show but they see me with like different Hawaii Five O, Cold Code Black, skateboarding and now been getting like many different opportunities, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, life is great because I think positive and I'm like, if it's meant for me, it is meant for me. and no yeah. one is ever going to steal that because it, it's meant for me.
1: Yeah, so I'm just gonna jump in real quick and tell my listeners that I will put a link in the show notes to the young and reckless video that Kannie is talking about, and you can always find the show notes. On Facebook and the website, both at I'm Dying to Tell You podcast. Okay. So what about modeling? I've seen some beautiful photos of you.
0: I'm still modeling, but I'm also like still being like a woman and disability activist for uh, people out there that are, you know, breaking beauty boundaries. Now that I have a boyfriend that like actually does amazing professional (laughs) pictures and video uh we just do a whole lot of the shoots and stuff for me he helps and he does amazing shots and I'm like oh my goodness this is freaking amazing and and so we work together as a team and um take pictures and video and stuff so we have a secret top thing that we're creating right now and that's that's gonna happen but um yeah we can't tell you right now but yeah, uh-huh. on a yeah. I'm, I'm mostly more focusing on acting. Okay. just focus on being better and getting more gigs for movies and TV shows like consistently episodes and stuff because I feel like that's more me and I really want yeah. to keep doing that. I've just got, got done doing a couple audition for a gig that's big. So please, please, please pray for me that I got it because I they will. know what I they know what I look like and they know what it you know, they want me. But uh, I'm just patiently waiting for all these auditions that I have done. (laughs) And I'm just waiting for the green light. So I'm excited for that.
1: Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. It'll happen. It will happen.
0: If it's for me, it's for me. Mm
1: -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to laugh because you're sitting next to your boyfriend in the car. Oh, no. How does he keep up with you? Like, there is no way that he has the energy that you have and Jeff, right? <laughs> how do you keep up with you? Jeff? How do you keep up with her? Because we're uh we're both we're yin and yang. She's the yeah. energy that
0: I like to have and I'm the calmness that she sometimes lacks.
1: <laughs> and uh it's
0: it's a perfect compliment to each other.
1: Oh that's great. And I love how You know, you guys are connected and can work together Mm -hmm. and, you know, creating something awesome to share with the world. Mm -hmm. So as you look on the bright side of life, I know you're also wanting to give back, specifically to help other foster children. Can you tell me about that?
0: Right now, I'm working with uh, Sahad Tai and Holt i uh, most likely we'll be back to Thailand to speak in front of the juvenile kids again. Uh well I haven't mm-hmm. mentioned this, but um Sahatai did a lot for a lot of uh like adoptees family and especially to my mom and I. And um we want to do the best we can to support and be around Sahatai foster homes and also Holt. So that way babies and kids can have the diapers and food that they need and give as much as I can for
1: people that uh, help me too. So yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So your positive outlook on life is obvious and also very contagious.
0: Oh, thank you. A lot of people say that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, for sure. And a lot of People in my community, I don't know what it is, but, you know, we're living with a fatal disease, it doesn't have a cure, typically takes a life in two to five years, yeah. 100% fatal. But it's really amazing that the spirits that people have within them who are touched by something that can be so or is so devastating. So yeah. But the attitude, I think, has a lot to do with it, no matter what you're going through. And I'm just thinking about all of my guests over this past year. And they all carry a special gift of being able to focus on the positive, no matter what. I just think it's key.
0: Well, think of it this way. There's going to be time where it's gone. Everything's gone. That's how it is in in life and death. But the thing is don't ever fear death because that's just the process of living as well. That's why you gotta hug the people that you love. You gotta Mm -hmm. live life the fullest with a smile on your face and not like don't worry about the negative that isn't that is meaningless. Don't hate. Don't don't do bad things. Just focus on the good. Of how much you have left with this life. Because in this lifetime, you we don't know when we're done. We don't know. And that's why every moment is special. Every moment has a meaning. Life has meaning. The best thing in life is love. Is to love. Just love. Contagiously. Mm-hmm. Unconditionally. Love. And also, you got this. this that's my motto. is You got yeah. this. And... You are capable of going through things. If you've been there before, you know how to get through it the second time. You know how to get through it the third time. You know how to get it through the fifth time. But the best thing that you need to be strong about is you need to have that thought that you will get through whatever you need to get through and live your best freaking life that you ever want to live. No matter what you do and no matter what, where you at, just live. And um, I'm not saying like you always got to be happy, but try to focus on what's important rather than what's not important. Yeah. Live in the moment Mm -hmm. and love life and just live fully.
1: Yeah. And I love hearing no legs, no limits. Yes. No
0: legs, no limits because there's no limits. Like there's Mm. no limits and there's just transitioning. You're transitioning life. You're doing things in life there's no limits because like who's stopping you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: so what are you dying to tell us? I know you've said a lot of, oh my gosh, you have such great advice and so many nuggets. I'm going to write out and put on my board behind me. Mm -hmm. Um, But what is one thing you're dying to tell us?
0: I'm dying to tell you guys how wonderful life can be.
1: (laughs) Perfect. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for chatting today, fitting me in your schedule, and just opening up your heart and sharing with all of us. Thank you, Kanya. I really appreciate you.
0: Of course. I'm so glad that I can talk to you. Yeah. I got to be on your podcast. and.
1: Aw, thank you. And make sure you let me know, you know, what's coming up next. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye.
0: Bye.
1: No legs, no limits. I love that girl spirit. I hope you enjoyed listening in on my conversation with Kanya. And again, I will put links in the show notes on how to follow Kanya and some videos so you can take a look at what she was talking about. If you are new to this podcast. And you want to know when a new episode comes out? Follow me on social media. You can find me pretty much everywhere at I'm Dying to Tell You podcast Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. You can find us there. If you like the episode, you can hear more on the second and the fourth Tuesday of each month. Until next time, know. You are loved and not alone. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to our mom. Make sure to visit her website at imdyingtotelloupodcast.com where you'll find photos and show notes about this episode. If you liked the show, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend. Thank you.